Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with the Lord's care for His creation as we pick up in Psalm chapter 104, verse 10. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. He sent the springs into the valleys which run run among the hills. They give drink to every beast of the field, and the wild donkeys quench their thirst. And by them shall the fowls of the heaven have their habitation, which sing among the branches. He waters the hills from his chambers, and the earth is satisfied with the fruit of thy works. He causes the grass to grow for the cattle and the vegetables for the service of men, that he may bring forth food out of the earth and wine that makes glad the heart of man, and oil to make his face shine, and bread to strengthen man's heart. That's, of course, that good wheat bread that they made. Fresh ground wheat still had vitamin E intact, which is very important for the strengthening of man's heart. The trees of the Lord are full of sap. That is, they are fresh, they're vibrant, the cedars of Lebanon, which he hath planted, where the birds make their nest as the stork, the fir trees are her house. The high hills are a refuge for the wild goats and the rocks for the conies, a little rabbit kind of an animal. He appointed the moon for seasons, and the sun knoweth his going down. You make darkness, and it is night, wherein all the beasts of the forest do creep forth. The young lions roar after their prey and seek their meat from God. The sun arises. They gather themselves together and lay them down in their dens. Man goes forth unto his work and to his labor until the evening. O Lord, how manifold are all thy works in wisdom. You have made them all, and the earth is full of thy riches. Now, man in that day was much closer to nature than we are. And I think being much closer to nature had a keener insight many times into spiritual things. I believe that a person who is close to nature is close to God, close to God's creation. We live in a plastic society. We live in a world that is filled with man's works. And we become so enamored by the works of man that so often we lose sight of the works of God. The result of man's works, the automobiles, the combustion engines, the jet aircraft, the fossil fuel electrical plants and so forth. You see, by these things, the works of man's hands, we've so polluted the skies that We don't see the blueness of the sky much anymore. We don't see the stars so much anymore. We've got man's lights as we go outside that hide the stars, that diminish the brightness of the stars as far as our visible eyes are concerned. Polluted air, 
And thus, we're not overawed walking out into the night as they were. We're not so conscious of the stars as they were. We've got all of these asphalt highways, all of these subdivisions, house joined upon house, and now condominiums and townhouses, to where we have very little green space. So we're not so conscious of the trees and the flowers, the vegetation, the works of God's hands. But these people living in an agrarian culture and living close to nature, living under the blue skies and the clear skies, far more conscious of God and of God's creative acts and God's creative power. And unfortunately, we lose sight of these things. That's why it's good to take a vacation and get out in the wilds if you can. Get out in the desert or get out in the mountains. Get out among the trees. Get out among the rivers and the lakes. Get out in nature. Come in tune with nature again, the works of God, the works of God's hands. And then again, there comes that reverence and that awe as I behold the works of God in nature. And so the psalmist here is a a beautiful Psalm 104 as he speaks of all of these things. The observations of nature, the fowls, the stork, the birds, the trees, the donkeys, the springs, the flowers, the goats, the conies, the moon, sun, all of the things of nature. O Lord, how manifold are thy works. In wisdom you have made them all, for you see the wisdom of God in the design of a leaf in the design of a deer or the animals, their capacities. The earth is full of thy riches. So is this great and wide sea wherein there are the creeping, innumerable things that are creeping, both small and great beast. Where the ships sail, and there is the Leviathan. Some think that that is a reference to the whales, who thou hast made to play therein. These wait all upon thee, that you may give them their meat in due season. That which you give them they gather, and you open your hand, and they are filled with good. And you hide your face, and they are troubled. You take away their breath, and they die, and return to their dust how dependent we are upon God. God takes away our breath, we die. You send forth thy spirit, they are created, and you renew the face of the earth. The glory of the Lord shall endure forever. The Lord shall rejoice in his works. He looks on the earth and it trembles. He touches the hills and they smoke. I will sing unto the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God while I have my being. My meditation of him shall be sweet. I will be glad in the Lord. Having observed nature and the hand of God in nature and the marvelous wisdom of God and the glory of God as he has expressed it in nature brings forth a song in the heart of the psalmist, a song unto the Lord, singing praises. The meditation of him shall be sweet. I will be glad in the Lord.
Let the sinners be consumed out of the earth. Let the wicked be no more. Bless thou the Lord, O my soul. Praise ye the Lord. Psalm 5, 105. O give thanks unto the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the people. Sing unto him. Sing psalms unto him. Talk of all of his wondrous works. Now we are exhorted here to several things. First of all, we are exhorted to give thanks to the Lord. Secondly, we're exhorted to call upon his name. And thirdly, we're exhorted to share the work of God among people. In the first verse, three exhortations. To give thanks, to call upon him, and to share his truth among people. Then in the second verse, further exhortations. Sing unto him. Sing psalms to him and talk of all of his wondrous works. God loves you to just talk about him. In fact, there's a scripture that indicates that God eavesdrops whenever you talk about him. And they that love the Lord did speak to him, did speak of him one to another, and God kept a record of it. And they shall be accounted as his jewels in that day when he makes up his treasure. People just talking about the Lord. Talk about his wondrous works. And then further exhortations. Glory in his holy name. And then rejoice. Let the heart of them that seek the Lord rejoice. And then we are commanded, seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face evermore. And then remember his marvelous works that he has done, his wonders and the judgments of his mouth. So all of these exhortations in five verses, things that we are to do. So ever you just sitting around thinking, what shall I do? Turn to Psalm 105. And you have a lot of things that you can do things that you'll find will be a very great blessing to you, benefit to you, as you follow these exhortations. O ye seed of Abraham, his servant, ye children of Jacob, his chosen. He is Jehovah our God. His judgments are in all the earth. He has remembered his covenant forever and the word which he commanded to a thousand generations, which covenant he made with Abraham, his oath to Isaac, and confirmed the same to Jacob for a law unto Israel for an everlasting covenant, saying, Unto thee will I give the land of Canaan and the lot of your inheritance. Now, notice the covenant of God has been established with Abraham. He declared it by an oath to Isaac. He confirmed the same to Jacob so that you wonder about the right of the land of Israel, who it belongs to? By an everlasting covenant, God said, swearing to Abraham and to Isaac and confirming it to Jacob, unto thee will I give the land of Canaan and the lot of your inheritance. God swore this to them when they were but few in number. 
Very few. In fact, they were strangers in the land when God said, look around as far as you can see to the north, east, south, and west. I've given it to you. And from the top of Bethel, God said to Jacob, look, Jacob, all around you, for I have given you this land. He said the same to Abraham at the same place. When they were just few in number, they were strangers in the land. When they went from one nation to another and from one kingdom to another people, they were just sojourners roaming around in the land as, as uh, nomads, as Bedouins, taking their tent and pitching it and grazing out an area and then moving on. And yet the land was all theirs. It had been promised to them by God. And God would allow no man to do them wrong. In fact, he even reproved kings for their sakes, going back to the history of Abraham, how Abimelech the king and Pharaoh were reproved by God for the sake of Abraham. As God said, touch not mine anointed and do my prophets no harm. God protects his anointed and his prophets. Moreover, he called for a famine upon the land. He broke the whole staff of bread. He sent a man before them, even Joseph, who was sold as a servant. His feet were hurt with the fetters. He was laid in iron until the time that his word came and the word of the Lord tried him. And the king sent and loosed him, even the ruler of the people, and let him go free. He made him the lord of his house and the ruler all over all of his substance. And so... Now the psalmist does what the Israelis always love to do, the rehearsal of their history. Stephen, in the book of Acts, rehearsed the history for the people. Now the psalmist here is rehearsing a part of their glorious history, how that God preserved them. When the famine came into the land by sending Joseph ahead of them down into Egypt to prepare the food for them so that they'd have food during the time of the famine. And God made Joseph the Lord over the house of the Pharaoh and the ruler of all of his substance to bind his princes at his pleasure and to teach his senators wisdom. And so Joseph was second in command. He could bind the princes of Egypt and he taught the senators wisdom. Israel also came to Egypt and Jacob sojourned in the land of Ham. And he increased his people greatly and made them stronger than their enemies. He turned their heart to hate his people and to deal subtly with his servants. He sent Moses, his servant, and Aaron, whom he had chosen, and they showed his signs among them and the wonders in the land of Ham. He sent the darkness, and they rebelled not against his word. He turned their waters into blood. He killed their fish. Their land brought forth frogs in abundance in the chambers of their kings, frogs in the king's bed and in the kneading troughs of their dough. He spake, and there came forth divers sorts of flies, all kinds of different flies, and lice in all of their coast. And he gave them hail for rain, flaming fire in their land. He smote their vines also, their fig trees. He broke the trees of their coast. He spake, and the locusts came, and the caterpillars, and that without number. And they did eat up all the vegetables in their land and devoured the fruit of the ground. He smote also the firstborn of their land, the chief of their strength. He brought them forth also, that is, he, now he brought his people forth with silver and gold, and there was not one feeble person among their tribes." 
Egypt was glad when they departed. <laughs> I can imagine, tired of the flies and the lice and the frogs and caterpillars and locusts. He spread a cloud for a covering. Now that cloud by which they were led was more than just a something to lead them. It was a covering. They were, they were going through this hot wilderness area. And so what did God do? He put the cloud above them to give them shade, a covering. Not only when the cloud moved was it God's indication for them to move, they followed under the shadow of the cloud. God used it as a covering over them. And when necessary, God brought it down and made it fog behind them to keep the Egyptians from knowing what was going on as they escaped through the Red Sea. The cloud that led them went behind them and settled down and was a thick fog to the Egyptians. So God used the cloud for many purposes. A covering, the fire to give them light in the evening. <laughs> so... They could go out at night with the light of the fire of God above them. And the people asked, and he brought quails, and he satisfied them with the bread from heaven, the manna that he had given. He opened the rock, and waters gushed out, and they ran in the dry places like a river. For he remembered his holy promise, and Abraham his servant. And he brought forth his people with joy, and his chosen with gladness." And he gave them the lands of the heathen, and they inherited the labor of the people. He brought them into this land, and actually they, they took over the vineyards and the orchards and all of the people that were there. They inherited all of the rock walls and everything that the people had made, that they might observe his statutes and keep his laws. Praise ye the Lord. In the Hebrew, that is hallelujah. Praise ye Jehovah. Psalm 106. Praise ye the Lord. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Who can utter the mighty acts of the Lord? Who can show forth all his praise? Blessed are they that keep judgment and he that doeth righteousness at all times. Remember me, O Lord, with the favor that you bear unto thy people. O visit me with thy salvation, that I may see the good of thy chosen, that I may rejoice in the gladness of thy nation, that I may glory with thine inheritance. Now, in Psalm 105, he rehearses their history with the emphasis upon God. God promising the land, God bringing them into the land. Psalm 106 is another rehearsal of their history, but it's an emphasis now upon them, the people. And what a vast difference when you look at history with the emphasis upon God and you look at history with the emphasis upon man. You look at history with the emphasis upon God and you see the faithfulness of God in history. You look at history with the emphasis upon man and you see the unfaithfulness of man. And so as he looks now at history with the emphasis upon man, he confesses, we have sinned with our fathers 
We have committed iniquity. We have done wickedly. Just like our fathers, we are guilty. We have sinned. We've committed iniquity. We've done wickedly. Our fathers understood not your wonders in Egypt. He referred to these wonders, the plagues in the last chapter, but the, Israeli, the Israelites did not understand them. They remembered not the multitude of your mercies, but they provoked him at the Red Sea. God brought them out of their bondage, but they didn't get but a day's journey away when they were murmuring and saying, why did you bring us out here? To kill us out here? Weren't there enough graves back there? Why did you bring us here? They began to murmur against God two days out, and they never stopped. Nevertheless, he saved them for his name's sake, that he might make his mighty power to be known. He rebuked the Red Sea, also it was dried up, so he led them through the depths as through the wilderness. And he saved them from the hand of him that hated them and redeemed them from the hand of the enemy. And the waters covered their enemies, and there was not one of them left. But then they believed his words and they sang his praise, but they soon forgot his works. And they waited not for his counsel, but they lusted exceedingly in the wilderness, and they tempted God in the desert. And he gave them their request, but sent leanness to their soul. We'll return with more of our verse-by-verse -verse Bible study in the book of Psalms on our next broadcast. As Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible, and we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Psalms 104 through 106 when visiting the wordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's the wordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD, and our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today, P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse -verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. May God bless you and keep His hand upon your life, to guide, to strengthen, to bless. May He minister to your life in such a way that you'll be very conscious of the presence of God. May the Lord bless, watch over, and keep you through Jesus Christ. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. 
Have you ever had a friend who's not a believer and they ask you a question about the Bible and you're thrilled? Finally, they want to know about God, but then you go blank because you can't remember the scripture that would answer their very question? You're not alone. It happens to me all the time, and I think, if only I had a quick scripture reference that would help me right then and there, that would be perfect. Well, guess what I found? Pastor Chuck's Old and New Testament study guides are available to download as ebooks instantly to your phone or mobile device. Now, whenever you need to find the meaning to a scripture reference quickly, you can. Pastor Chuck has written great little Bible commentaries to help anyone come to a better understanding of God's Word. To find out more and to read a book preview, visit thewordfortoday.org and click on the link to download the Old and New Testament study guides by Chuck Smith. Or if you would like to order these books in print, call The Word for Today at 800 272 to 9673.